Hi, I'm Una Chaplin, and I'm the host of a new podcast called Hollywood Exiles. It tells the story of how my grandfather, Charlie Chaplin, and many others were caught up in a campaign to root out communism in Hollywood. It's a story of glamour and scandal and political intrigue and a battle for the soul of a nation. Hollywood Exiles from CBC Podcasts and the BBC World Service. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hey, I'm Tom Power. Welcome to Q. Um, If you've been watching TV for the past, I don't know, few years, even casually, like 30 minutes of TV over three decades, you should recognize this sound right here. Dun-dun. Some people call it the clank. It's the sound of... Law and Order. Over the last few decades, Law and Order has gone from like a little NBC show that you would stay up and and watch on TV to becoming the quintessential police procedural. Cops and lawyers and this intimate view into the criminal justice system. It was created by Dick Wolf back in 1990. And now, what are we talking, 30, 33 years later, Law and Order has finally come to Canada. Law and Order Toronto Criminal Intent premiered last week to rave reviews. I watched it. I really, really loved it. Karen Robinson, the veteran Canadian actor, is in it. Uh, She's from Drumheller, Alberta. She plays Inspector Vivian Holness, who, and if you've watched Law & Order, you might relate to this role. uh, She's sort of the overseer in the department of the detectives investigating the crimes. So we talk about a lot here. How do you take on a show that's been around for decades? Why did Karen think of her sisters and her mom? while she was figuring this role out. What was it like to move from Jamaica to rural Alberta? And how did getting law and order help her dad realize what she actually does for a living? Here's my conversation with Karen Robinson. How are you? so happy to be here, Tom Power. I have got to tell you, you know, as much as your voice is in my house every day, well, every weekday, I don't know how come you don't live there. <laughs> I don't, between you and Matt Galloway, I'm like, I don't understand. How come they're, I'm not married to them. What's going on? I can't afford the rent. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're that, right. Might be, that might be what it is. Congratulations on this thing. Thank you it's, very it's much. It's really good. It's so exciting. Yeah. It's, I, people, I haven't seen an episode yet. None of the what cast. What do you mean you haven't seen it? We haven't seen an episode. Are you episode. telling me that I've seen it and you haven't yes, seen it? Yes, Oh, yes. good. That makes a lot of sense. Ex- well, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll let the executives know you said that. But yeah, but people's reactions have been so positive. Yeah. Yeah, and we can finally exhale because, you know, you put everything into it when you're doing it. For people to really like it and... Because it's such um, it's such a legacy show, yeah. you know. You just want to do it right. Did you watch it uh, coming up? Of course I did. Who didn't? Yeah. Did you watch it? Like, <laughs> what were you watching? Lenny Briscoe. Yeah, I I was watching the one with uh, Esapetha Murkison yeah. and um, Sam Waterston yeah. and Jesse L. Martin and oh, what's his name? I can see it will come to me. Jerry Orbach. Jerry Orbach. Yeah, that's right. And they could all sing. I don't know if Sam Waterston can sing, but I love the fact that, you know, they all came from theater and they were doing this iconic show. My God. So you were watching it. You were you were watching it when it came on TV. Yeah. 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 And so when this came around, what made you want to get involved? Well, you know, do you, <laughs> I am an actor and I've got bills to pay. Oh, good. Okay. So that's okay. So getting down to practicalities that you you want a job. Yeah. But 
this particular job. I wanted to work on it because I knew that Canada and Toronto in particular definitely had the talent pool mm -hmm. to to fill the show mm -hmm. in the way that it needed to be filled. And so um, to be a part of that... Yeah. I mean, ah, I, I, I cannot believe how fortunate I am. Let's let's listen to. I want to listen to a clip from the. Of, this is your character, Inspector Vivian Holness. She runs the homicide unit. So I want to hear a bit of uh, you and your team, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the character. Okay. First episode of, of Law and Order: Toronto Criminal Intent. Inspector Holness, are you still searching the West Side? Yeah, something about the currents. Well, it's Coriolis effect, obviously. That flash storm at 4 a.m. Now, it came in from the south. It's possible that the gyre could have shifted clockwise for an hour or so then and switched back. Yeah, let's go east, search the bluffs, Cherry Beach, Woodbine. I take it you want me to call it in. I do, ma'am. Tell me a little bit about this character. What's she like? What do we need to know about her? How do you? What are you thinking about? Oh, I think that Vivian Holness has been in the um, in law enforcement. I can see her as a beat cop back in the early '90s, maybe even the late '80s. I can see that she had her eye on the prize, but she knew that she'd have to work damn hard to get there. And she has. I mean, I imagine what it must have been like for her as a black person, as a woman coming up um, and the blow she would have had to take in order to make it to to this level. And um, this is hard earned. Her her level of inspector is hard earned. And um, there's a lot of responsibility on her plate. But she's brought this crack team together of uh, Graf and Bateman, each of whom has very, a very different set of talents. Yeah. And, uh, but together, they are, um, they're amazing together. Were, were there people you were thinking about when you were approaching this role? And, you know? Oh, there's so many people. I keep a picture of my mother on, on my desk. My mother passed away in 2020. I'm sorry. And I keep, oh, thank you. And I, I've heard you talk about your dad, so mm -hmm. I know that you understand. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think of my mother. I think of my sisters are also both in leadership positions. My father was. Um, and Leadership uh, positions? Leadership positions like, you know, my sister uh, worked in banking. She was a vice president. Yeah. Um, uh, my other sister is a doctor and head of her department. Yeah, my father was the head of surveys for the, for the government of Jamaica. My mother was a veteran uh, registered nurse. So when when you get to those levels, there are unfortunately there are usually people who um, who are who make it their life's work to bring you back down because you know because of that age old question who the hell do you think you are um, for all kinds of reasons and um, yeah I I know what they went through and I can and I can feed that into the portrayal of Vivian and actually the name Vivian comes from one of my sisters it's one of my sister's middle names yeah they let me choose my name they or, let you choose yeah, your character's they name they let me choose my character's name and you named it after your your Under sister's one, middle name after one of my sisters yeah uh, because you you've seen what your sisters and your family has has gone uh, through because i've seen what she's gone through and because um and and because i love my sister and because i love to inject anything i do with the people who mean the most to me. So I actually gave them a selection of names, yeah. and that was the one that the higher-ups chose. 
I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. Coming up, more of my conversation with the actor Karen Robinson. Think of your favorite one-hit wonder. Or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have. Or that TV show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon. Now what if we could fix it? I'm Francesca Ramsey. And I'm DeLon Grant. And after 20 years of friendship, we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called Let Me Fix It. Each episode, we'll dig into our favorite celebrities, shows, and brands of yesteryear, and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today. Think of our show as an intervention, but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You can tell that the show is 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 going to be a complicated show. Mm-hmm. Go on. Okay. <laughs> well, for one, uh, the 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 whole premise of Law and Order, yeah. is that it's ripped from the headlines. Yes. So you get you get. When I was watching the first episode, I was thinking to myself, "Oh, I kind of remember a story like that yeah. happen, happening here in Toronto." Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I've, I've had a look at some of the upcoming episodes, and mm-hmm. I'm like, "Oh, I see." I re- how, does that change how you approach this role, knowing that these are real issues? These are real. I feel like there's so, especially with you know social media and the way information comes at us anymore. We're um, there is it's like a glut of news stories that yeah. we ha- that we hold all the time, and sometimes we have to clear stuff out in order to let other things in. So some of those stories I actually forgot about, yeah. and I found that um, that being reintroduced to the to them. I I was able to um I was able to revisit it was sort of like therapy because I was able to revisit these stories and how I felt in the time and um and you know where I am now and have I really processed the information or the wrong that I thought that was done and justice that I thought was never served suffice to say that when we say ripped from the headlines I think that people will recognize yeah. uh, these stories especially people in Toronto and um I also think that what they'll appreciate is it's not a documentary. It's not a straight retelling. Yeah. Of course, there has been a creative license taken mm-hmm. with these stories because at the end of the day, it has to be entertaining. But what I'm saying is that, you know, it's been years since some of these things have happened. Yeah. And and so when I read the script and I and and I realize the story that it's telling, what it's what it's been, um, what the inspiration story was, yeah, yeah, I get to I I get to go back there and say, my God, we've been through a lot. Yeah, I mean, not to mention in, uh, doing a police procedural set in Toronto in yeah. in 2024, mm. very different than doing one in say like when Law and Order first came out in 1993. That's right. You know, yeah. there's been. Um, there's been uh, higher instances of, of people calling out uh, police services across this country, yeah. including in Toronto, yeah. for uh, sy- uh, systemic racism, yes. for uh, unnecessary uh, violence. Use of force, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can tell from looking at you, <laughs> by the way you're not in your head, this has been on your mind a little bit as you've been approaching it, it this. It really has. It really has. Because um, I, I would be disingenuous if I didn't say that one of the things that I think about is how my community, my black community, feels about um, law enforcement here in Toronto and how the members of uh, uh, the members of the Toronto Police Service, uh, the black members, I should say, how they feel about having to do their jobs and 
having to do their jobs in um, in a just way, in a in a way that is compassionate and empathetic and fair. Um, it is complicated that way, it, you know, and um, it's a it's a very fine line that we uh, that we tread. We're trying to negotiate because we want to be honest about the relationships, um, about the um, about the suspicion that mm-hmm. is there in between the, uh, between the two sides. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, those two sides have to live with each other. And how do you find where the how do you find the way to do that? Um, so that both sides can be the best of themselves. Yeah. So, yeah. You, so you can be so you can be honest in, in representation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And complicated. Yeah. Right? Because it's not easy. Yeah. And there's no way to tie it up with a pretty pink bow at the end. That's kind of what I was getting at when yeah. I started when I started by saying to you. Right. I can tell this is gonna be a complicated Yeah. Now when I say complicated, maybe the word I mean is nuanced. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, listen, and at this point, I mean, we have 10 episodes. We have 10 stories to tell. So you don't, we, you know, characters have to be established. And Toronto is its own character that has to be established. So at this point, I wouldn't say that there is a lot of room to get really, to really excavate yeah. those uh, those nuances. But I think we'll get there. Uh, listen, I, what I, all, I'm, all I was curious about, yeah. it was just how you were feeling about it. And I think I got that. You know, I understand it. Okay. You know? Yeah. Which, all right, which is good. that it's, it's, it's complicated. It is. It's absolutely complicated. Mm. I love taking, I love telling complicated stories, I mean, to you, tell you the truth. I think you always have. My, my guest is Karen Robinson, who plays Inspector Vivian Holness on the new Law & Order uh, spinoff based in Toronto. Drumheller, Alberta? Yes, sir. What do you want to say about Drumheller, Alberta? It's a beautiful place. You should go visit. Excuse me. I'm a Newfoundlander. Like, I'm, I my, my second home is Alberta. You know, like, oh, you know I what I mean? You. Like, I you know, hear you. Half my graduating class is Alberta. I, got no, <laughs> I, have, no, I have no beef with Alberta. Are you kidding me? I love Alberta. <laughs> so do I. I do. And, you know, I still have family out there. I get out there once, maybe twice a year. And, um, yeah, it's another one of my homes. I have a lot of homes, and that's one of them. Uh, have we, you grew up there, born there? No, I was born in England, raised in Jamaica. Jamaica kind of formed me. Where in Jamaica? In Kingston. Okay. When you said where in Jamaica, just then you yeah. sounded Jamaican. <laughs> and that's not a mistake. That is not a mistake. Because, because of the he, similarity between exactly. the accents. Exactly. And the rum. There's a whole screech in the rum situation, which we won't get into. Yeah, the accent. I heard, start I heard, I've heard hands. bye. Sometimes I'll, I'll, when I say, how are you? How are you? Bye. I've had, mm. I had, I've had friends of mine who are Jamaican saying like, oh, there yeah, I hear that a little yeah. bit. Okay, so, so Kingston in Jamaica. In Kingston, Jamaica. And then when we moved to Canada, we moved to Drumheller, Alberta, which was a hell of a lot different than Kingston, Jamaica. How do you mean? Well, um, okay. <laughs> I remember, I remember getting to Drumheller and thinking, "Why is my skin so dry?" Like, just it, it was about the fact that my my hair started to break, my skin started to crack because I wasn't used to in Jamaica. You know, there's always like a sea breeze and there's a lot of humidity and whatever, so your skin is fine. But Drumheller, man, look, I should have taken out share. I should have bought shares in some kind of lotion company or something. <laughs> Vaseline petroleum jelly. You just slather yourself with that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, that there was that. There was the fact that we were sort of the pioneering black family Is that so? in Drumheller. Yeah, there were 
couple of people before us, but we were like a family, family. And, um, and yeah, and they didn't know what to do with us. And I, you know, I'm the kind of person where I just like walk into a situation and I'm like, okay, what's up? What are we going to do today? But, um, what I will say is that my first day of high school, you know, I'm getting, I'm going into a new situation, and I wore it wet. Is this, is this coming into high school? Did you move there for high school, or had you been in the community? No, before I, no, I I moved there, uh, and I went into grade twelve. So it was the first day of grade twelve. So you moved from Jamaica to Drumheller, and your first day of school in Drumheller was in grade twelve. Yes. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And I decided I was going to wear my favorite T-shirt, which was a Michael Jackson T-shirt. Yeah. And suffice to say that the way I was ridiculed and laughed at, because, you know, everybody was listening to heavy metal and Michael Jackson was not somebody that they exactly put on a pedestal because, you know, they, they didn't appreciate his music. Yeah. Um, suffice to say that I never wore that T-shirt again. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Who needs that? And yeah, I, I didn't I didn't want that kind of that kind of situation to ever revisit me. Right. So so not an easy not an easy landing. It yeah. wasn't easy. Yes, there was racism. Yes, there was um you know there were the ignorant questions, you know, did you live in huts? Did you do you have ice cream there? It all of that sort of thing. But I also will say this. I'm sorry. I don't mind, I don't mean to laugh. We were just, I just caught the eyes. I just I had never heard of the what, do do you have dream. ice cream there? Do you have ice cream there? That's a surprising one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and worse, you know, and worse, because for the first time in my life, I was called the N-word. All of that stuff happened. There were also people who were incredibly kind. There are also there are there were people who I am still friends with today. Um, I now really appre- appreciate the um, the singular beauty of the place, um, and uh, and it's where some of my family still lives. So. You know, again, complicated. Complicated, but uh, uh, love Drumheller, lovely, yeah. lovely part of the country, and 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 I'm, I'm glad to hear you talk about it. Is that where you started acting? Was it there? No, I started acting. Listen, I was the youngest of four children. I think I came out, realized that I had to be louder than everybody else. By the time my parents got to me, they were exhausted, so I had to be <laughs> loud in order to get anything that I wanted. Right, but, but like acting as not not acting out. In the house. I don't understand the difference. But like acting on a stage, when did that start for you? Um, I always found a stage. Like I was always, um, you know, whether it was uh, in primary school in Jamaica, in poetry contests or in choirs, that sort of thing. So there was that. And then when I was in high school in Jamaica, uh, they just decided that they were going to stick me in plays because it seemed that, you know, I was the one who could say words in the right order or something like that. I think it was destined. I think it was always meant to be. Were you acting in Alberta? Yes. When I got to Alberta, okay, so here's a story. When I got to Alberta, um, I auditioned for who does that? You just get to this school. You don't know anybody. And you're like, oh, there's a school play. I'm going to go audition for that. I auditioned for it. I got the lead role and um, ended up going. What um, play was it? Do you remember? No. God, no. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I so got the lead role okay. and then ended up going to like some kind of provincial drama festival or something and winning some scholarship to go to this wonderful two-week drama camp in Vermilion, Alberta called Arts Trek. 
And when I was there, I realized, I was 16 years old, and I, I realized that this is what I was going to be doing for the rest of my life. It was my spirit knew that it was where I belonged. Now, here's the thing. After that, when I said to my parents, and especially mummy, when I said, I want to become an actor, my mother said, you can't turn one actress because the only actress I see on TV is Madge Sinclair in Trapajan M.D., and you can't be the second one. And I was like, okay. And she said that because she loved me, right? Mm-hmm. And probably because she didn't want me to be, you know, to live at home for the rest of my life. Yeah. But um, I did it anyway. Um, you are an award-winning theater actor. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. I am. I'm proud of that. You so you should be. You so you should I'm be proud of that. Uh, 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 not just high-profile, but very important productions in in Canadian theater history, like *The Kink of My Hair* mm-hmm. and *Harlem Duet*. Mm-hmm. So here's my question: uh, When you're uh, shooting a TV and film, mm-hmm. does your theater background help you? Does it Does it get in there? Does yes. it? Without a doubt. Without a How? doubt. Because in theater, you have to get multiple pages of a scene into your body. Um, You have to understand what you want. You have to understand the arc of the scene. You have to understand the music of the scene. It takes, um, there is a muscle that has to be built and fine-tuned in order to be able to carry an entire play all at one time in the space of what, two, three hours or whatever. So by the time you get to do film and TV, the scenes are so much shorter, but you know how to pull them apart and put them back together again. That skill has already been built inside of you. So, um, and it does, I don't mean to say that it's easy because it's not. And it's, it's, it's a slightly different set of skills for TV, but, uh, um, but what I do know is that my instinct is always to ask the question, what do I want? What am I doing in the scene? How do, and, and where, where are the twists and turns in the scenes? So, yeah, it's, it, I, I, I'm really thankful that I started out in theater and that I spent so much time in theater and that I'll probably go back to doing theater because I love it. Well, that, that's the, that's the, maybe that's a good way to close things off. How long, how long as a working actor now? Since, oh God, I guess it's, oh God, 1992 is when I started. So what's that? What's that? 30, oh my God, is it 30 years? 32 years. 32 years. 32 years. I know, I know, I know. I can't believe it either because I, like, I remember being that baby actor. My, my goal wasn't to to uh, say, hey, look how long you've been acting. But my goal is. But I feel it, Tom. This, I feel it now. This is, um, this is a big moment in Canadian TV. This, this Law & Order show. Yes, it is. This is a big moment in, 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 in any actor's life. And we've been talking a little bit about the road that you've been on to get yeah, here. Yeah. What's, what's exciting to you about this moment right now? The most exciting thing is that my father, who is lovely and supportive and 93 years old and still has all his, you know, all his faculties, yeah. still plays the organ and piano in church. When I went to my father and I said... Daddy, I got a job, and he's always happy when I get when I get a job. <laughs> he said, "Good. What job is it? Law and order, Daddy. You know, law and order." He knew what I was talking about. 
That is the most exciting thing because he he's proud of my achievements, but he doesn't he doesn't know you know Shit's Creek and pretty hard cases. He hears about them. He knows his daughter is in them, but. This show is something that has been in his life for a long time. He doesn't necessarily, he, not necessarily that he's watched them, but it's in his cognitive framework that this show has existed for a long time. If my 93-year-old father knows about Law & Order, I feel like I've sort of come full circle from where he started, yeah. you know, in school, writing on a slate with chalk and... Yeah. Everything that he's been through and everything that my mother has been through for their daughter to end up on law and order, I think I I, I think this it, it might not be the pinnacle. Maybe I can maybe the dreams get even bigger, but it certainly is a, a point at which I can say, yeah, I yeah. think I, I I I think I think I've done my ancestors proud, and in honor of that. I put a picture of my mother on my desk. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Uh, lovely lovely to meet you. Thank you. It's lovely to meet you, Thanks too. For I've com- wanted to do it for a long time, Tom Power. Well, I hope you set the bar low. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can only go up from here. We can only go up L- from Lovely here. to meet you. Thanks, and Congratulations on the show. Thank, Thank you for you coming in. Thank you very much. Setting the bar low like Dinosaur Jr. Karen Robinson plays Inspector Vivian Holness on the new Law & Order spinoff based in Toronto. It's called Law & Order Toronto Criminal Intent. You can watch it on CD, City TV, citytv.com, or stream it anytime on City TV+. Plus. That is it for us today. Uh, the other conversation we have up today, how well do you know your grandparents? I I mean, I knew my, my grandmother pretty well. She, she lived until I was in my 30s my father's mother but uh, you know my I have great memories of my mom's parents but they died when I was like 8 and 10 and I didn't know my paternal grandfather at all and it's hard I mean these people are just sort of symbols to me and they had full amazing lives and I don't really know anything about it I'm sure you might feel the same way about your grandparents they're sort of just an idea to you maybe stories your parents told you Adrian Glynn did deep research into his grandparents story made an album about it and has a lot to say about how knowing more about your grandparents' life, lives, um, can make you understand yourself better. All right, we'll see you soon. Later on. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.